Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore Issue Podcast or Twitter at just the Issue Podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? It's Wednesday, July 22nd, and you are back with The Issue, and we have a pretty loaded episode for you guys today. We're going to get into some MLB talk coming up here in the first segment, um, prepping a little bit for this opening day that is tomorrow. Um, So MLB will be back tomorrow. You'll get the MLB power rankings coming up. Um, you will have a couple news stories on the MLB, NFLPA, a lot of good stuff for you today. But first, we're going to start out with Tim, and uh, you have a story for us. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so now that, well, sports and, and they're starting to return, but you see people putting out lists and stuff, um, just kind of keeping, keeping themselves busy, honestly. Um, Pro Football Focus does like a list almost every day they rank. Um, like offensive units, defensive units, stuff like that. So um, I saw that they, they ranked the Seattle defensive line 32nd, which is dead last. Hmm. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But so support, support is something that's very necessary, not only in sports, but anywhere. I mean, not only from people of authority, like your boss, your you know, the owner, et cetera. Or from you know your peers, your coworkers, your teammates. I could argue that support from your peers, coworkers, teammates, etc., is even more important. Like if you had a job, I'm not even talking quarterback. I'm not talking anything sports. I'm saying just simple. Say if you're a waiter, or you know anything like that. So if your boss, you know, might screw you over on a schedule, or whatever, doesn't really support you there. Whatever, you know, you can get past that. It's not a big deal. But if your coworkers. And and people that you you know trust to help you while you're on the job, if they're not doing their job, then then it can spiral out of control very quickly. And this is this is Russell Wilson, so he's been able to overcome pretty much anything thrown his way in Seattle. I could name, so it's just good on the list. Your third rounder had to earn the job from Matt Flynn, which probably wasn't that hard. You know, he fought hard, um, got noticeably better. I mean, he has improved pretty much every year in the league. And then he gets ranked the 25th best offensive line. So his offensive line is, is awful. It's a tire fire year in and year out. And now when they literally just had Jadavion Clowney, the 32nd best defensive line with Clowney. And now he's not even going to be there. So it's almost like it's worse than 32nd, if that's even possible. And uh, let's not say that, you know, his receivers are great here. And if you say Tyler Lockett is a number one, people, I'm just going to ask you to think of one thing. Super Bowl, fourth quarter, and you need a one-on-one receiver. Are you picking Tyler Lockett? No, you're not. Good, then he's not a number one. Move on. Without DK Metcalf, I think Russell Wilson would be either out of Seattle or very, very mentally fatigued that there would be a huge problem in Seattle. I think Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf are holding this thing together. Russell Wilson's the glue. So if you take him off of Seattle, 
what do they go? Five and 11, six and 10. I mean, seriously, outside of him, what, what do they have? Yes, DK Metcalf, like I said, I think he's breathing new life into that offense, but he still has to have someone get him the ball. So if him and Tyler Lockett are your are your wide receivers for some no-name quarterback, that's a problem. So if Geno Smith's your starter, you, you trust them to win more than six games? No. Russell Wilson is that team. He's the reason they're relevant. He should have been MVP last year. He should win it this year. He should win it pretty much every year. He's that good and he's that valuable. So they just, you know, anytime I see these rankings and I see someone that I like and someone who is overlooked, get get screwed over as bad as Russell Wilson does with the 32nd ranked defensive line. And I think, oh, and they have the 25th best offensive line. So they are terrible in the trenches, which is where games are won. And which also makes him so much more valuable too, avoiding hits like that, even with a terrible offensive line. Uh, I mean, it's awful. He is a one-man show, and he does not get enough credit. But I, I do think that without DK Metcalf, I think there would be some issues. I think he breathed new life uh, into that offense and into Russell Wilson. That's an exciting new target for him to throw to. So I'm, I'm excited to see them take another step forward. They already had that connection going last year. I am excited to see that, but it just – anytime I see the list like that, it reminds me of just how amazing Russell Wilson is. And uh, he doesn't get enough credit. He does not get enough credit. You take them off that team, they're 5-11, and 10-6 and six at best. Yeah, no, I think uh, you definitely made some good points. You're super right there. I mean, you look at, like you said, the offensive line. That's a big – that's one of the biggest, um, I mean, deciding factors in football if your team's going to be even relevant or not. I mean, when you look at a team like Seattle that does have issues up front on that offensive line, but – has a quarterback like Russ that can still get it done, that is the that's how you know you got a good quarterback. Oh yeah, I mean look at look at the Chargers last year. Phillip Rivers is not that bad. Okay. The year before last he had an outstanding year and people were saying that, you know, he's still a top ten quarterback. And then last year he has no protection, but he also has no mobility. And so he was just getting hit. He was getting forced into bad decisions. So I mean let's just Bad offensive lines can can really ruin a lot. And that's the problem with paying your quarterback a lot of money, like they're paying Russell Wilson. They don't have necessarily a lot of money to put into the offensive line, but he just makes it work all the time, no matter what. Yeah, I kind of just want to go off on something here. I've seen now a lot of people coming out talking about this Patrick Mahomes uh, contract and saying, you know, he might have just screwed the Chiefs. And they might have uh, – hurt themselves by giving such a big contract by paying him so much. Uh, because I, I know I, I saw something on uh, Instagram here. I'm going to try to find it so we can talk on it for a second. I mean, yeah, I, I think it, it might be troublesome when you pay him that much. Here's, but here's, I, what we're, here's what we're seeing here. Uh, the source is the Herd podcast with uh, Colin Coward. Uh, and it's Colin's five things that could stop the Chiefs dynasty. Number one being paying your quarterback forty five million a year. Yeah, I mean it's it's not like ideal. Number two, Lamar Jackson still in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. Um, no playoff wins next. Number three, if Drew Locke and Justin Herbert are good. Yeah, that would uh, that would be a problem in the same division. If you have two good young quarterbacks along with Patrick Mahomes, that would yeah, that'd be a problem. Four, if Belichick drafts a great college quarterback in 2021. I mean, outside the Jaguars, 
not a lot of teams need a quarterback. Maybe um, Washington if Dwayne Hass doesn't work out. And there's three pretty elite quarterback prospects. So if you can get one of those, look out. I mean, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, and five, winning the Super Bowl is really, really hard. Yeah, it, it's not easy. No. I think I think people hold everyone else to the Patriots standards, which is just insane. They got so many breaks and so many things lined up for them, and oh, they yeah. were just great. I mean, that doesn't happen. It's the only time. I think that that is the greatest dynasty in football. That, that you've never seen a run like that ever, so why no. would we expect to see it again like a year or two yeah, later? Especially year in and year out to have that grind, just that. Mental and physical, just grind and fatigue that's going to come over you. And that it's, yeah. So I just think, yeah, it it could be a problem when you pay a quarterback that much money. And maybe that's what we're seeing a little bit with Russell Wilson and his depleted assistance. Yeah. But I mean, look at, look at Big Ben. Big Ben's making, he's the third highest right behind Russell Wilson. I think he's making like a million and a half less. So not all that much less. And he has a number. I think it was like two rated defense, top top three, top five defense. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying his weapons are great, but he did have AB for a while. He did have Juju Smith Schuster for a while. He yeah, had Le'Veon Bell for a while. Out of the backfield, he now has James Conner and Jalen Samuels and like a good good committee of backs. And their offensive line's good. So he, we we as in the Steelers have built stuff around Ben, even though he's the third highest paid quarterback. So if they can do it. Seattle can do it too, and they should do it, considering Russell Wilson's even more in his prime. Ben's out of his prime. Russell Wilson's in it, and I don't know why you wouldn't start building around him now. I don't Man. know why they haven't started building around him already. Um, it and their their draft picks have just been terrible. I could sit here and go off on Seattle for two hours, but you know we don't have that type of time here. So we'll uh, <laughs> get over to you for no, yeah. I just thought uh, I thought I'd bring that story up that I saw with uh, Patty Mahomes and oh yeah. I mean they're definitely comparable. The top two quarterbacks. It's not even close. I think it's those two and then Lamar Jackson off of a cliff and then he's way down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it's even close. Well, let's kind of transition here. Baseball will be back tomorrow. It's July twenty second today, twenty third opening day, um, and you know. Thought we'd give you a little baseball talk here, our MLB talk session. And uh, we got the MLB power rankings, the top 10 teams, and also where they were ranked at last week, um, you know, before some of these uh, these inter-squad games and, and even some games against other yeah. teams were starting to happen. Some exhibition on a scrimmage type games, yeah. So this list... We're going to kind of talk on it a little bit, give our opinions. Um, at number one, or let's go from the bottom up. We go from the bottom up? Um, yeah. Right. So here's the top 10. At number 10, Chicago Cubs. Yeah. I, I see, see it. it. I see the talent. Yeah. I mean, we you look at their roster from um, from their World Series season. It's not that much different. Yeah, I mean, they bring back a lot of guys. I mean, obviously, no Addison Russell, but I think he was starting to diminish. I don't know. He just he wasn't the same guy that we thought he was. Um, I mean, anytime. but Javier Baez now has stepped in that role and been even better. Oh yeah. Um, I think Ian Happ's continuing to get better. Ian Happ is just—he's a freak athlete too. Yeah, he's mean, just—he's just continuing to get better. I think he had a down year. Um, but I then mean, you got yeah. Chris Bryant, Anthony yeah. Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber, Wilson Contreras. I mean, offensively, their lineup goes loaded. All yeah. 
I mean, I really like Rizzo. I, I'm a big guy, a Rizzo fan. I know we've we see the Cubbies play all the time. They had a Jason being, Kipnis, yeah, a second baseman. I mean, I mean, they passed the eye test too. When you, I mean, even just being at the game, I know being from Pittsburgh, we see the Cubs a lot. Um, you know, yeah. in the same division, and that's not always the best thing for the Pirates, but. Uh, God, I mean, they rip the Pirates in half every time. It is nice. It is fun to watch the Cubs play. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, and their pitching is not not terrible. I mean, no. your, your top three is you, Darvish, John Lester, Kyle Hendricks. That's not a bad top three by any no. stretch. And I mean, they had Jake Arrieta back in you know. Yeah, they they had him, yeah. that. That was twenty twenty sixteen. Oh. I feel like right. But I mean, they had him. Don't have him anymore, so I'm yeah. not worried about it. But you got Craig Kimbrell at the back end of it. I mean, he's. Probably getting towards the end here, but he's still, I would still say, a top 10 closer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they got guys. They got guys. But I think I think 10 fits them pretty well. I think their bullpen still needs a little work. Rotation still needs a, a solid four and uh, five starters. But, I mean, they're, they're definitely not a bad team. Definitely, I, think I would say a top 10 team yeah. in the uh, MLB. Yeah. Absolutely. Number nine, another bad look for the Pirates here, being from Pittsburgh. But another divisional team in the top 10 for us the St. Louis Cardinals. So talent-wise, I think they have gotten better with young talent, yep. but I don't think that they were the team they were in 2013 and 2014. Yeah, I don't know. It's just such a different team. It's hard to say. They <coughs> still have Adam Wainwright. He's still a veteran. He's he's helping out these younger pitchers like Jack Flaherty, yeah. Jordan Hicks, Carlos Martinez, etc. But I mean, to... you got Colton Wong, very, very good defensive second baseman, and he can he can hit a little bit too. Paul DeYoung, power hitting shortstop. That Tommy Edmond, the uh, third baseman, he look out, look out. Matt Carpenter, you still got him. He's still a veteran, and not even to mention their best player, I would say Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, Yadier commanding him behind the plate. So they got they got good guys. Um, I, something about them, they just always win. They yeah. just get it done. Andrew Miller in the back end of the bullpen is almost untouchable. If Miles Mikolas can return to uh, his 2018 form, they have a, a good four starter. So Yeah, I mean, watch out opening day. You got Jack Flaherty pitching against Joe Musgrove of the Pirates. Uh, I think Flaherty's a great pitcher, and there's nothing else to be really They're going to wipe him. them. They're going to. Um, I mean, you're in trouble when, when your number one pitcher is Joe Musgrove. I'm just going to say that. I like Joe Musgrove. I mean, but he's fine, but he, is he a number one is pitcher? Your opening day it? starter? Come on. Come right. on. So, let's go up to number eight. We got number the Nationals. Eight. Yep, we got the Nationals. Love at, it. Sitting at a clean eight. I think that's a good spot for them. Um, I don't really have much uh, issue with them yeah, there. People think that they should be higher just because they won the World Series, but let's think about just how gritty it, it was to win the World Series. And if you seriously, right now, today, took them against anyone in the top seven. Yeah, that you're going to see coming up, or even in the top five. They would maybe be in a, in a seven game series, like maybe one or two of them. Yeah. So, I mean, they're about right at, at eight. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, I think Juan Soto is a. Is a superstar. I don't think there's. I think he's a budding superstar. And then their rotations just. I mean, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin. I mean, they, they got dudes. And then I think uh, Victor Robles is just going to continue to get better. They added Starlin Castro. Mm-hmm. Eric Thames can just mash the ball. Trey Turner might be the fastest dude I think I've ever seen play baseball outside of Billy Hamilton. Yeah, and he's got a lot of speed. I mean, 
It, Wilmer Defa is still really young as well. Uh-huh. You never know what he's going to do. Anibal Sanchez, if he's yeah. a, your fifth starter, that's not bad. No. So, Well, I mean, I don't have any problem with him being at eight. Um, I think that's a good spot for him. I think it's fair. Uh, but could be wrong. I don't know. Number seven, we got the A's. Um, they That's a team. You talk about young talent. Added a, mm. added a, a good yeah. bit, but they, oh, yeah. I definitely think they need an infusion of youth here coming up soon. Um, I just – I don't see it as much. I think Matt Chapman, dude, can obviously hit. Um, Chris Davis can hit. But outside of that – What surprises me with the A's, they are at seven, but you look at a team – like Chicago that we just talked about, and the Cubs. Honestly, talent-wise, I think personally the Cubs should be at a seven and the A's should be at a ten. I don't have a problem with the A's being in the top ten, but I don't think they're seven. Um, I just their pitching is just not there. They were also seven last week. I'm sorry, Sean Manaya is is not he's not an ace. So yeah, they can hit, they can hit some home runs, but no. Nah. They're not the seventh best team. I would take, like I said, I said the Nationals could probably beat one or two teams in there. I'd say they beat the A's. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Nationals even. Honestly, eh, the way I'm looking at this, my adjustment to this list would I'd go Cubs 7, Cardinals 8, Nationals 9, A's 10. That would be my adjustment yeah. to it. But, I agree. I, I think the A's are way overrated on this just because uh-huh. they – you know, went to the playoffs last year, but either yeah. way, we're gonna get in here number six, and after that, we'll be in the top ten. But number six, the Atlanta Braves, um, they were in the top five last week. They were at number five. This week, are at number six. How do you feel about the Braves being falling out of the top five? Love it. Well, really? no, no, not falling out of the top five, being close. To the top five and being a you know top six seven team being a contender I hundred percent agree couldn't agree more Ronald Acuna superstar Freddie Freeman consistently at or above three hundred I mean it's hard to argue with that Dansby Swanson I eh, but he's good very good defensively fast makes good contact with the ball I think you could have a far worse shortstop I think he's a top mm-hmm, seven or eight shortstop at least in the National League yeah. Um, they had Cole Hamels, Marcelo Zuna in left. Dude can hit. I mean, terrible defensively, but he can hit. Ozzy Albies, amazing. I mean, he's good. And Ender and Ciarte, Nick Marcakis, both uh, veterans that can hold it down out there. You get a lot of consistency with this team, but you also get the youth of Acuna, Albies, Dansby Swanson that make him exciting and uh, more dynamic. Yeah. Uh, five, you got the Rays sitting at number five. They were number six last week. So the Braves and the Rays swapped places. Um, I'd probably switch them back if it was my call. The Rays being a top five team, I don't see them being a top five, but I wouldn't mind them at a six or a seven. Uh, I think they're just a bit over overstated, you know. Um, I do think they start so. an opening day. Charlie Morton, like, all right, let's take it easy. Are they starting Charlie? Yeah, day? I know you have yeah. Blake's now, and you got Tyler Glass now. Yeah, um, and others that that could start. I'm not trying to take away from their rotation, but I mean, it's not that they're nothing too too special. I do like Austin Meadows. Um, 
I like Kevin Kiermeyer. Outside of that, I really don't like a lot of people in their lineup. Hunter Renfro can hit, but he's been super inconsistent. Brandon Lowe, though, as a rookie, was was great. Um, if he can take another step forward, they're in business. They do. Do they just have a lot of scrappy guys? I think they're they're a very scrappy team, much like the Cardinals and the Nationals are. Yeah. So I, I I do agree. Top ten. I don't know if I'd go top five. I'd probably put them back to about a six or a seven, um, and, and bump the Braves and maybe even the Nationals or Cardinals up. Um, a little bit, but you know, yeah, and, these are power rankings. They're subject to to change. Obviously, it's not. There's not one big glass ball that tells us all the answers. So I can't really disagree with it too much. Like right. I said, I think I would flip the the Braves and the Rays, but I think the Rays are still going to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, now we're going to get in here to number four. The uh, you got the Twins. Now you talk about a team that has good youth and a good and a good farm system. Yeah, Max Kepler, well, Byron Bucks, that's, No, that's the Twins. On on. Listen, they have. I'm looking here. A top ten farm system in the MLB. Okay, whenever you're going to have top ten uh, top ten farm system, you're going to have great youth. You're going to have great players. You're going to be able to make some sweet deals for yeah. even if you need somebody at the trade deadline. Letting a prospect go to get somebody big for a playoff run, that can be huge. Absolutely. And I, the thing that I think is underrated about them is their experience outside of that youth. Right. Alex Avila, the catcher, Marwin Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Um, you got guys like Michael Pineda who's been around the block. Jose just, Barrios has been there. Rich Hill's been there. Nelson Cruz. Like they have just real solid proven guys. Josh Donaldson, they added. Kenta Maeda is now mm-hmm. a veteran. They have guys that are proven, but they also, like I said, that youth with Miguel Sano, Max Kepler, Byron Buxton's. And they just have an A system I mean, that is just foaming at the mouth to get in. And, uh, you know, you I got, agree. I think they're going to be a, a top five team, top 10 team for. For the next five so years, I'm Absolutely. in the league. They're going to be a problem, I think. So um, I, I had no problems at four. Um, and yeah, uh, they're super talented. Yeah. Number three, we have the Astros. And as much as people like to admit it, they still have a lot of talent. A top three. I mean, they have a great. So literally, lineup. just just Google them right now. I'll just do it for you guys. Just Google them right now and read off their top here. And that read off their top nine guys. Okay, so Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Justin Verlander, George Springer, Jordan Alvarez, who won Rookie of the Year, by the way, Carlos Correa, Yuli Gurriel, Zach Greinke, and Lance McCullers. So those are the top nine guys when you Google their roster. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six of them are all-stars. And the other three are Yuli Gurriel, who's still young, I would say underrated. Jordan Alvarez, who's only been in the league for like half a year. And Lance McCullers, who's a who's a gritty fifth pitcher. You know, yeah. I mean, he's not you're not looking for him to be an all star, but he's I, I would say a top end four or five starter. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and that like I said, that's just the first nine guys you read. Yep. I mean, not to mention Michael Brantley. I mean, mm-hmm. as much as you can hate him, they still have. I mean, some of the most talent in the league. You know, mm-hmm. at least in the um, in the AL, along with the Yankees, that. They have the most talent. And speaking of the Yankees, our number two team is the Yankees. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could do the same thing with them. You could. Google them and look at the first nine. Yeah, who, who you got first nine right now? Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, John Carlos Stanton, Glaber Torres, Aroldis Chapman, Masahiro Tanaka, DJ LeMahieu, Clint Frazier, and Brett Gardner. 
Yeah, that's a solid lineup. You're not even you're not even talking about Gary Sanchez, who's a easily a top three offensive catcher. I would he's got a cannon. Needs to work on receiving and blocking. Miguel Andujar, who was a, a rookie of the year candidate. Yeah. Luke Voigt, who just mashed. Like this isn't even including these guys. So I mean, you look at their first nine. Yes, Chapman, Aaron Judge is a superstar. Garrett Cole, Cy Young, John Carlos, Stan, absolute superstar. Glaber Torres will be a Prediction time, Hall of Famer. <laughs> I love him. He's one of my favorite players in the uh, in the MLB. Clint Frazier is pretty close. Um, but then you get the experience with Brett Gardner, DJ LeMahieu, Tanaki. You get guys with this this experience. This team's dangerous. Veteran guys. What do you think? Yeah, veteran guys. I mean, anytime you look at a team, yeah, young talent's nice. But even if you don't have experienced seasoned veterans to help coach and push these young guys along and, and show them. I mean, these guys, they know how to play baseball. That's not the, that's not the issue with this young guy. It's the experience of the grind and the experience of the 162 game season and how to get through it. Hey, people talk like, Oh, experience in the game. I'm like, okay, but this, it doesn't in the game experience is is way, I think overrated. Yes. I think like once it comes to pressure and stuff that's more outside of baseball, I think that's where yeah, the, the veterans come in. Glaber Torres doesn't need any help trying to field a ground ball and throw it to first base. Or try to try to he doesn't need help at the plate. Yeah. I mean, sometimes occasionally they'll say, Hey man, like, maybe look for this next you know, little stuff like that. But for the most part, it's called adjusting to life on the road. Um, it's these grueling road trips that, that last like two or three weeks on the West Coast. You're in a different time zone. So that's where the experience pays in. And, I mean, when you guys got guys like in, at the back end of the bullpen to, to lock it up, like Zach Britton, Chad Green, Adam Ottavino, and then you had Tommy Canley and obviously the big one, Aroldis Chapman. Yeah. They're going to get you to lead and they're going to hold it. So, mm-hmm. And our number one team in the league – the Dodgers, and I feel like that's. I would switch the Yankees and Dodgers. I, I, I was personally. just about to say that I was. I would put the Dodgers at number two. But the, I would hundred percent. The Dodgers have a better lineup. I'm going to go out and say it right now. And the thing is, I would say the Yankees top four are better. But from one through eight, not including the pitcher, but sometimes Clayton Kirk, Kershaw can uh, hit a little bit, but. From from one to eight, they have probably the best lineup. Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Jock Peterson, Justin Turner, uh, Corey Seager, even Chris Taylor, who's kind of that utility guy that they use. Uh, Will Smith catching. Uh, even A.J. Pollock in center field's not bad. Max Muncie, you're not even talking about him. Yeah. I mean, they, they just have – they almost have too many guys. Um there's going to be some people that are going to be pretty mad, and you're going to be like, why are they not in the lineup? It's just because they have so many so many guys. So many guys to choose from. And then when you add Walker Bueller and and uh, Clayton Kershaw, two top-end starters. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, you look at that team, there's nothing but talent. That top three in the league is just so powerful. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros. Even though people might rip on and hit on the Astros a lot for what happened, I, I mean, I'm not happy with it. I don't think any baseball fan would be happy with it. But, but with the talent, they could easily. The, but with the talent they have, if they if they can pull together and have a good winning season this year and make a nice playoff run, I think those allegations start to disappear a little bit. Well, not disappear, but people just well, kind of – Yeah. 
it'll be stop thinking about it a little bit. Yeah, it will definitely help their cause. But anyway, with that, we have to get to a break. When we get back, you will have Tim's ice cold take and a little bit of Tim's trivia hmm. at the end to wrap up hmm. this episode. Hmm. Are you ready? But did you come? Did you drink your uh, your uh, yeah, drink energy my fuel ready to go. You ready to go? You sure? You're not going to go 25% again? <laughs> no, nah, right. I might. I might. All right. I will also have some news for you to catch up on, but you're not going to want to miss the second part of the episode. We will be right back. What up? It is segment two of the issue. Uh, glad to have you guys here. Hope you're uh, still listening. Good to have you guys back. Uh, we'll get right into a, another cold take. Uh, I miss doing cold takes, so I'm pretty happy about this one um it is ezekiel Elliott's birthday today so i'm gonna do a a zeke themed cold take well shout out happy birthday zeke yeah happy birthday zeke but uh for the next like five minutes or so it's not gonna sound like i'm a big fan no i mean i like him as a player but let me just let me just get into it right. so uh, i mean yeah he's a top five back i mean he's great he is he is a great back he can do it all I think he's not quite what he was when he first came to the league, but he can still do it all. Um, he's still a top five back. But what is this this greatness of Zeke yielded? Well, let's look here at this step. Oh, is it just one playoff win? It's a little bit weird. Only only one playoff win. Wait. Oh, so he did have the best offensive line for the first four years, and he still has a top ten offensive line. Interesting. Um, they they have had. Top 10 weapons for most of the time that Zeke was there. And he's had Dak Prescott, who I would say is, is it a, definitely an above-average quarterback. Um, I would give him top 12. Yeah, you know, it depends on who you talk to uh, with Dak. Um, I, I mean, I still wouldn't say he's a, he's a scrub by any means. So with all this talent, they've gotten one one playoff win. Was it was it maybe Jason Garrett? Yeah, I could I could see that. Um, was it more of a structural ownership issue? I, I doubt it. They've won before, with you know. Oh, I mean, maybe it's because of you know when they had Demarco Murray and they also had other running backs and they were doing running back by committee. Well, they had very very similar stats to to Zeke's stats. So huh, maybe we could have used that pick on something a little more I don't know useful. Huh. So instead, we're going to take a use a first round high pick on a running back, which is a highly expendable position, highly expendable. You see, Steelers like Le'Veon Bell walk. Who's laughing now? Huh? So, I mean, let's just, let's actually just dive, dive a little deeper here. So we're going to take him. And I don't know if you remember, but who was on the board when Zeke was, uh, was taken Jalen Ramsey, who's now a top five DB in the league. So let's see, you could have had Zeke numbers without Zeke, but then not only could you have, you know, had the same numbers, but you could have used that pick on something, like I said, useful, like the back end of the secondary, which is horrendous. And it's terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. And that they've been known for not having a great secondary. And that's where they needed help. Like I said, they had talent on offense. You could have stuck a practice squad fullback behind that offensive line. And he would have ran for almost a hundred yards a game. <laughs> I mean, go ahead and pick a middle schooler and he might be able to get you 50 to 60 yards a game. You get grab three of them. There you go. You're good to go. Running back by committee. <laughs> you didn't need Zeke. I love him. He's a great back. But that pick could have been Jalen Ramsey. That pick could have been a multitude of other useful defensive players, which is where Dallas needs it. 
They need defensive players. And so then they finally get Byron Jones. He's a top five corner, top three maybe. And what do they do? They let him walk. Instead, they overpay for Amari Cooper. What is it, five years, 100 million? Yeah, he's good. He's not 100 million good. I mean, Oakland couldn't really make him work, huh? Well, Vegas now, but they could. They couldn't figure it out. He had one, maybe, maybe two good years there. Yeah, he's a good route runner, this, that, and the other. But is he a hundred million worth? Even though he's only proved it for two years, no. And then you're going to pay Zeke. What well, position's expendable? You don't need to pay Zeke that type of money. Who cares if he holds out? There's about ninety other dudes waiting in line who can make significantly less and give you very similar stats. And let's be real here; they're probably going to pay Dak eventually. Unless Dak goes out there and wets the bed like a seven-year-old, they're going to pay him. Okay, they're going to pay Dak. Do I agree with them paying Dak? No, I don't think they should. I think they should franchise him as long as possible. And if he doesn't pop big time, then they shouldn't pay them. But knowing Jerry Jones, as long as he doesn't suck, they're going to pay him. So this cool take, although kind of indirect, it's at the Cowboys and all their little fanboys. Please, please look at the franchise here for a second and see where it's going. Eight and eight, nine and seven, first or second in their division. That's where it's going with zero playoff wins. One, well, they've won, but in the last couple of years, not none. So let's take a deep breath on Dallas. Yeah, Zeke's a great back. Happy birthday, Zeke, whatever. But there's no guys. They're, they're not winning. They're not winning. Yeah, I mean, you could have used it. You could have used Jalen Ramsey way more. Yeah, I mean the proof is, you know, in in the level of play. And is Zeke really worth it? Probably not. Um, like you said, the, an addition to their secondary would have been huge. Dallas's secondary is historically is bad in the last twenty years. Historically horrendous. Um, I mean. What they can't. You had an opportunity to get a guy, and then you had an opportunity to save a guy. And Byron Jones. Talk and, about middle school teams; they might struggle to stop a middle school team. On, uh, seriously, on they're defense. passing. They're passing defense now without Byron Jones. Who? Wait, who do they have? I, I love doing the Google test. I think it's great. So look at the, let's look at the Cowboys roster. Who? Let's see who their uh, who their defensive backs are. Okay, who we got? Okay, well we got Haha Clinton Dix. Oh wait, he um yeah he doesn't really prove much um. Oh, Trayvon Diggs. Oh, wait. Trayvon Diggs is a rookie. We have no idea. Um, Maurice Canaday? No idea who that is. Daryl Worley? No clue. Sivon Smith? No clue. I mean, should, should I keep going? Like, let's be real here, people. They have nobody on the back end, and you're in the same division as Carson Wentz. And if Dwayne Haskin works, you're going to be obviously in the same division as him. And so. You might want to get someone to stop, you know, the passing attack. Yeah. I and mean, then, what, what's their schedule this year? What, what let's offense? Let's look, let's look at their schedule. Because I want to I want to know what offenses they're going to be going up against. And, and by the way, if you're a listener in Dallas right now, I'm sorry for ripping your team so hard. but Okay, the Rams, Jared Goff, and Sean McVay, who's obviously a great offensive coach. Not, great. A, bad, not a bad offense at all. Yeah, have fun against that. It's Matt Ryan and the Falcons with Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Good luck. That's going to be a field day. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I know I kind of ripped uh, the fact that Russell has no help, but, I mean, you're still going against Russell Wilson. He's still better than your quarterback. He's still way better than your secondary. I mean, he's going to own them. The Browns, I mean. They have the talent. They have the, yeah. They I mean, fixed, they have the talent. They fixed the problem I mean, with tackle. 
what are those who you think Savion Smith or whatever is going against uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr.? Good luck. Let me know how it goes. Um, we'll keep tabs on that. The Giants, I think that's doable. I mean, their their top guys, Darius Slayton, who I don't even think eclipsed a thousand yards in college. So we'll see. The Cardinals, you got Kyler Murray, and uh, now you have DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. So not going to stop them. Redskins, they can definitely stop. We'll see how Dwayne Haskins is by that time. I think that's what, like week six? Yeah. Eagles, Carson Wentz, probably going to pick him apart. Picked him apart last year, throwing to nobody. Steelers, Big Ben, Juju Smith-Schuster, good offensive line. We'll see. That's really – that's a toss-up. We have no idea about the Steelers this year. The Vikings now, um, Adam Thielen. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins, so underrated. So, so, so underrated. Um, he'll pick them apart again. The Redskins, the Ravens. Oh, mm, that's going to be a field day uh, for Lamar and company. Um, the Bengals. Ooh, yeah, they might actually be okay against the Bengals. I mean, AJ Green though. Good luck covering AJ Green. 49ers, They Cowboys are going to be pounded into the ground. Mm-hmm. And then the Eagles and Giants. So the Eagles will then again pick them apart. And the Giants, they might be all right. So let's look one. Two, three, four, five, about five, maybe six games that their that their secondary won't be overmatched. So what's yeah. that? Like seven wins, maybe yep, eight wins, about. maybe. Hope Unless they're going to win game. a lot of shootouts. I mean, which I mean, they very well could. They have the offensive firepower, but I mean, it's just going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough. Anyway, that was a good cold take. We're going to move in here to our news segment, give you guys some of the news stories circulating around. Tanaka returns to the mound to face hitters yesterday. Good sign in New York. Um, it's, it's great to see him back out there. Wish him the best, and I'm glad he's recovering. Absolutely. Took, took a mean one off the yeah. off the mug from, from John Stan. Carlo, which is never – That's no easy task. That's not preferred. So no. good that he's back. Good to see him pitching again. Um, that's good news for the Yankees. Second story here, we have the NFLPA tells players that there will be no preseason games in 2020. Finally, thank you. Get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of it. No one no one likes the preseason. No. Not a single person. But you, I mean, remember, I remember you talking about the herd earlier. Uh, they interviewed Jimmy Johnson, uh, Hall of Fame coach from, I mean, Miami back in college football. And then the Cowboys, we were just talking about them, the Cowboys and, and professional um, he's a Hall of Famer. He said, I hated preseason. He, he hated it so much. And so, I mean, just let's be real here. The preseason, very unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You're going to know if these rookies and you're going to know if these people can play right off the rip. You're going to be able to know in practice if that dude's a baller. I mean, the one thing you are going to miss, though, that could be valuable is that experience that those rookies will gain in it. Yeah. Uh, in the in the preseason. I don't think this affects anyone except for seventh-round picks and uh, undrafted free agents that are struggling to make the team. Which That's makes it. up for, what, 17% of the league we looked at? I think, yeah, I think it's even a higher clip. You'll have to find a – well, sometime we'll have to find a better number on that. But, yeah, no, a very – pretty high percentage of the league is undrafted. So, I mean, I don't know. That's going to make it tougher for them to make the team. I agree. Yeah. But I, I think the preseason is so – very unnecessary, and it's continuing with the theme that if it doesn't make money, cut it out. Yep. We're going to look here next one, the NFLPA again, so we're going to stay on that. 59 players have tested positive for COVID-19 at some point. Okay, the graphic we looked at, 
Um, I, I know I saw it on Yahoo Sports. I think we covered it on Monday's episode. Two percent of the league tested positive for COVID. Um, I mean, that's not bad, but still two percent of the league, and they have they're going to be returning to their rosters, and hopefully, there's not an outbreak. Rookies were uh, supposed to report yesterday. Yeah, so I mean, there's. 1,696 players, you know, due to the fact that 53 people um, and then a five-man practice squad and 32 yeah. NFL teams. So, I mean, out of what? How many? 59? Yeah. What do you got there? 3.5%. So yeah. that is just so low. Yeah. But I mean, also... You don't want that to spike up, though, when they all get back together. No, yeah, I agree. You don't want that to spike. But also, at the same time, look at the NBA. Yeah, they I was have about it. to say that. They no, have zero, res- zero. zero people tested positive since being in the bubble. I know. I was just about to bring that up. I was... Uh, a little shout out there to the NBA. They're figuring things out, huh? Maybe maybe we're going to have to see a bubble type of thing for the NFL. I don't even know how that would work. It, that would be brutal, it, for I think, for the NFL... That could be very, very bad, but I think you could see a modified. But sort I bet of bubble, you, I so. bet you they could twist that and make some money off of it some way. And I think you could make a uh, almost like a personal bubble. Each team mm-hmm. has their own bubble in each city, and the only time they leave is for uh, like a, a game. Is for is for a road game, and and I think that they should have a. Each team should also have a bubble prepared for the team that comes in. Yeah. Um, in the week leading up to it, you get a hotel, you, you know, quote unquote, bubble it off, make sure it's perfectly sanitized and stuff. I know it's tedious and it's a lot of money, but this is a billion dollar industry. That's yeah, worth it. Um, it's, it's a billion dollar industry. If you don't want to lose this business, then you got to do what you got to do. Listen, guys, I want sports to come back. So really anything. We're up for suggestions. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I mean, comment on any Instagram post or anything. Let us know if you have a better idea than the bubble or even a modified bubble or something. Sure. Open for ideas. Tell the NFL for yeah. all I care. <laughs> yeah, tell them we sent you too. Yeah, tell them to give us a shout out. <laughs> uh, anyway, I know you want to. You had a story for us to close, yeah, out, the, to close uh, out the news. Kind of breaking right now. Mookie Betts and the Dodgers closing in on a says quote ten plus. So probably in the range of ten to twelve. Um, the the uh, Red Sox offered him ten, ten years, uh, three hundred million. He said he wanted closer to twelve. So I think maybe he and the daughters found a middle ground. So 10, 10 plus for three hundred and fifty to four hundred million dollars. Yeah. Uh with the daughters, that would be that'd be huge insane. if they could lock that down. So you have Clayton Kershaw, and then if you lock down Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts, and then Walker Bueller. That's gonna be a good team for a long that, time. Those four guys, I mean, I know Kershaw's getting older, but if you could lock down Mookie, Cody Bellinger, and Walker Bueller. You're in business. You're good to go. You got Corey Seager's a young shortstop. If Gavin Lux ends up working out, he actually just got optioned down. He hasn't been doing great. But if he works out, then you got a very good core for years to come. So I think it's great that they signed Mookie. That was, yeah, genius idea. I mean, genius. But this also shows you the downfalls of having no salary cap. Because, yes, Mookie's making – He'll make three hundred fifty to four hundred million, roughly, maybe even more. I wouldn't be surprised. But the thing about a salary cap, yes, there's a cap, but there's also, or there, there's no. When you have a salary cap, there's a salary like cap. You can't. There's a max, but there's also a minimum that you have to spend. The thing with baseball is there is no cap, which means there is no floor. There's no minimum. So you're gonna see Mookie make three three fifty to four hundred million, but then you go look at a guy. 
I don't know, pick any random kind of role player, minor league type of guy in that Dodgers organization, and he's making close to the minimum. So that's the problem with this, the salary cap um, or the no, no salary cap, I guess, that there's no salary floor. So Mookie and Cody and, and Walker Bueller, these guys are going to make insane money. And the role players are just not going to be yeah. even close. They're going to be hovering right above uh, the league minimum. So I think that's a bit of an issue. For and sure. that this just this just hits on it even more. But, I mean, I'm happy for Mookie Betts. He deserves it. I mean, if he gets him to the playoffs. I know um, a lot of people – I know Colin Coward, he, we talk about him a lot because he's just – he's a fantastic podcaster and he has his own TV show and everything. He says all the quarterback contracts are worth it. If you get them, if they get you to the playoffs and they get you one home game and you make roughly twenty million off that home game, I did see that. Then you, it, it pays for most of the contract. So I mean, yes, that is kind of true in the NFL, but the NFL is also a salary cap, so it's hard to kind of measure that because you can't just pay him whatever he's worth, you know? Because mm-hmm. clearly, if he gets you a couple of playoff games a year, he's worth way more than he's making. But salary cap. Yep. But the thing is, in baseball, there's no salary cap. So if Mookie gets him to the playoffs, even if so they get home field advantage, and they only have one round. In a normal year when the seats are filled and you get four home games, they're making bank. They're making almost his whole contract right there. Yeah. So he's definitely worth it. 100% mm-hmm. he's worth it. For sure. Uh, so that was the news. We are going to move in here now to Tim's trivia. <laughs> now, bud, ho- I'm, I'm pulling for you. Oh, but I got to go. I got to get this uh, – this- these questions out of the out of the safe, under All kept right. under lock and key. I'll turn. Here. I'll turn over here. So I don't hey, turn once yeah. again. He has no idea, um, you know what the questions are. But let's see if he can maybe get a couple today. Uh, yeah, like we'll normal. See. Like normal, we're gonna go four questions, nice and easy to figure out the percentages. You don't have to go to the calculator. I know I'm a little yeah. slower in the morning. <laughs> uh, but last time he hit one for four, went twenty five percent. Yeah, whatever. Let's see if he can bounce back. I'm going to bounce back here, people. Don't worry. So we're going to start off. Baseball's right around the corner. Yep. We're going to hop into a little baseball question here. So everybody watches the Home Run Derby. Right? I feel like any baseball fan, you love to see the big home runs, right? So we're going to take us back here. 2015, five years ago, when everything was simple, you didn't <laughs> have COVID, you weren't in lockdown, who was the home run derby winner in 2015? Was it A, Jock, P- or Jack Peterson, B, Todd Frazier, or C, Josh Donaldson? 2015. 2015. I was in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So the hometown guy, Todd Frazier, won it. And that's correct. There we go. We're off one. to a good start, He's people. Let's one. go. All right. There we go, Todd. Let's not the get Todd ahead of- father. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves, buddy. You got three more to get. Yeah, whatever. In 2013, the Pirates, Pittsburgh Pirates, hometown team, we had three players go to the All-Star game. Okay. One of them, I'll give you, Jason Grilly. Absolutely. We interviewed him, had the pleasure of sitting down with him. If you haven't haven't listened to the interview yet, go back. Check uh, it out. Dude is just so interesting. He's a captivating guy. Great. I mean, one of the best guys I've ever talked to. Obviously, he's like a hero. So, I mean, yeah. so, go check it out. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to the Jason Greeley interview. Anyway, he went to the All-Star game in 2013 for the Pirates, and two other players went with him from Pittsburgh. 
who were those other players? Mark Melanson was one. Yes? No. No. No, he was not. Uh, oh, wait, no. 2013. 2013. That was, you're thinking of the year yeah, after. Yeah. Okay, 2013. Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon. Yes. Is the other one a pitcher? No. Really? Corner infielder, actually. What the year Pedro was there? It was. Yeah, because Pedro was in the – was he in the Home Run Derby uh-huh, too? He was. It oh, was my. Pedro and um, and Andrew McCutcheon along yeah. with uh, with Jason Grilly. So I'm going to give that one to you. You're two for two. Fought your way back Let's there. Go. I thought I was getting a little nervous when you started talking to Melanson, thinking the yeah, year after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Whatever. Um, you can also read all about that in Jason Grilly's book too. It's called Just My Game, available on Amazon. Talks Everybody. about his experience with the All Star Game. We how got awesome. We got, it was got one here in the studio, and I signed copy from Grilled Cheese. But uh, all right, third question. So we all remember the Saints won the Super Bowl in 2010, that crazy onside kick. Yep. Right? Tracy Porter's pick six. All yes. That. Yes. Who was the Super Bowl MVP that year? All right. So you either have A, Malcolm Jenkins, B, Chris Ivory, or C, Drew Brees. In 2010, Super Bowl. God, I want to say Drew Brees, but it's almost like that's too easy of an answer. I know it's not. So who who are we going to eliminate? Let's eliminate someone. Are we going to eliminate Malcolm J- Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Ivory, or Drew Brees? We're eliminating Chris Ivory. Okay. I, I don't even know who it is. Okay. He's gone. Okay. Now, I'm trying to think. Because I know Tracy Porter had that big pick six, but I don't remember Malcolm Jenkins doing a whole lot. Don't overthink this one. Yeah, just, just Drew Brees. Yeah, that's it's right. Drew Brees. Three for three. Yeah, I'm Drew thinking Brees, Malcolm correct. Jenkins. I don't even know. It's Drew Brees. Absolutely. I remember the picture of him holding up his little kid, and the kid's got the earmuffs on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this fourth one, it's kind of a name the player type of uh, question here. I'm going to give you when they were drafted, um, you know, the year and where they went, um, you know, in the, in the round, uh, the team they went to, and you're going to have to tell me the player. If you need a hint, I have a hint. So we're going to look drafted to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So okay. that should help you. All right. 2015, the okay. year. So drafted 2015 to the Steelers. Out of? First round. Drafted 22nd overall. And I'm going to tell you the only other player out of this school that he came from. I'm not going to tell you the school because it will give it away. The only other player drafted out of this school in the first round at this point was Dwayne Robertson, who went fourth overall to the Jets in 2003. So not the biggest football school here. So we took him in 2015. We took him in 2015, 22nd overall, and the only other person to come from his school to get drafted that early. 2015. Yeah. It was in 2003 to the Jets. I, do you want the name of the school, or do you want no. the position? The position. That would, yeah. Linebacker. Oh, good lord. It's not a small school, but it's not the biggest football school. Linebacker, pretty valuable for the Steelers, 2015, 22nd overall. Let me think. Let me think here. Oh, my God. I 
We gotta get some Jeopardy music. I don't even. <laughs> Let me cue this up. Part of me wants to say uh, Jarvis Jones because he was just such a bust. Part of me wants to say don't say that. Yeah, no, I I wasn't gonna say that because I know where he did not come out of a no name college. Oh, another, give me another ten seconds here. <laughs> First round draft pick? Yeah. Linebacker? First round, linebacker. Oh. Sweet God. Can I get to give this to you? No. <laughs> Is it Vince Williams? No. I don't know that. Bud Dupree out of Kentucky. Oh, whatever. Get out of here. Oh, Three for whatever. four. I thought he was guy. later. I didn't know he was that early. We drafted him 2015 already. 2015. Seems like we just got him like two days ago. That's three out of four. That's 75%. Day. That's, that's an improvement, man. That's better. That's better. We're up at a nice 50% clip now. Yeah, there you go. We're four for eight on trivia. That ain't bad at all. That's not too bad, but I... I'm I, on my way to the Hall of Fame hitting 500 people. <laughs> yeah, if you can do it consistently. Yeah, whatever. We'll see. All right. So that was today's episode of The Issue, guys. Don't forget, I want you to go to our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast. We have some great graphics. We have a great graphics team that makes them, okay? And by team, I mean person. Um, So we have, you know, a lot of good stuff up there for you guys. We have our divisional predictions every Monday that go up there. Um, We're also going to have a nice MLB power rankings graphic for you. So make sure you go. You leave a comment, and your comment might just get read and critiqued, and you might be part of a cold take. So everybody go follow us and uh, yeah, check it out. I'm I'm going to start ending the show with a paper crinkle here because I'm super pumped. We're hitting 500, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Good day of trivia. This dude's excited and get out of here before, uh, you know, anything else can go wrong. So that was Let's the go. issue. Make sure you listen on Friday and don't forget. That's right. 75% <laughs> baseball back tomorrow. All right. That was the issue.